Hawks are getting healthier. The good part about having everybody healthy is that we have a starting lineup and a guys come out the bench that can take over games too. So that's, that's big for us. Welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host and beat writer here at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Lauren Williams. And today I'm joined by my trusty handy dandy producer, Daniel Salerson. And uh, today we're gonna talk the Hawks roster getting healthier. Now, Friday night against the Pistons was the first time that we've all gotten a chance to see what this roster looks like when everybody is healthy. Unfortunately for the Hawks, you know, about a quarter and a half into that game, DeAndre Hunter ended up tweaking his ankle a little bit, but he ended up coming back for the second half of that matchup against the Pistons. But the Hawks ended up losing Clint Capella with right calf cramping. And on Monday, the Hawks did say that Capella didn't practice. He was limited to rehab, but that doesn't mean that you know, he, he won't be able to go until, you know, we get a, an injury report from the Hawks. So before we completely, you know, start rambling and getting into everything, we're going to take a quick break and, and make sure that you guys know that you can get this episode as well as all the episodes of the Hawks report um, from Apple, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And with that, this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Welcome back to the Hawks Report. So as you guys heard me ramble, I'm really, really excited because we're really getting a chance to see what this team looks like when they have all 14 guys to guaranteed contracts completely healthy. I remember on Friday night when we were kind of getting ready to head into the game, we were wondering who the team would end up making inactive just because they can't have, I believe they can't have more than 15 people all set to go or 14 or whatever the number is. So they end up ruling their two two-way contract guys in Trent Forrest and Jarrett Culver as inactive for that matchup. But again, we saw some really, really good things from this roster. We saw them kind of lead things um, coming into the second half where they really pounded things, held the Detroit Pistons to just 18 points. It was a little bit of a slow start, which is not what you want to see from this Hawks team. But what we saw from them in the third quarter onwards was absolutely amazing. They were great on both sides of the ball. 
limiting the Pistons to, uh, I believe it was like 27% shooting from three in that second half, which is, again, what you want to see. And I mean, Daniel, when you were getting a chance to watch this fully healthy or mostly healthy uh, roster by the end of that game, you know, what were your thoughts and what made you excited about this team's potential? Yeah, I think you said it, the potential. I think this is the team that we wanted to see all season long so far and the team that we expected to be a part of the top four, top five in the Eastern Conference. And they certainly looked like that against Detroit on Friday night. Yeah, they had this slow start and it's still been a struggle for them to play a complete 48 minute game. But I feel like they're getting closer and closer to that. And I think uh, tonight against Indiana would be an opportunity. The last time they played Chicago, they were on the second night of a back to back. They did not get off to a good start. You have to take advantage of rest advantage in the NBA. A good opportunity for the Hawks here to take advantage of that. But to go back to your question, um, it was exciting. I think we talked about it all season long. Wait until this team gets healthy. Let's see what they can do. And I don't care if it's the last place. Pistons, wins are hard to come by in the NBA. And so the fact that you're able to not only win, but win in, in pretty nice fashion says a lot about where this team could potentially be. So again, they have a, a month or so, a little bit later to evaluate if this is the right core to be there. If not, they may make a trade and see which team can get them over the hump in order to get a good position in the Eastern Conference. But for finally being healthy for the first time in a long time, I, I really enjoyed what I saw. And I feel like you, you saw flashes of what everyone can do playing with one another. Yeah. And again, to go back to your point, it doesn't matter whether it comes against the last place Detroit Pistons or it comes against the first place Boston Celtics. The fact that one, they were able to come in and get, hand this team a blowout. That's exactly what you want to see from this roster. Now, you know, the Hawks haven't handed many teams blowout losses this season, but two of their their blowouts have come to the Detroit Pistons. So to me, it bodes well that they're on the right trajectory. Over their last five games, they're three and two. We're seeing some solid shooting from them, mostly I think we can attribute that to the fact that Trey Young seems to be finding the rhythm that eluded him to begin this season. And, and when Trey is playing the way that he has been playing over the last five games, I think we can only expect more good things to come from them. And I think in watching that game against Detroit, the fact that things were clicking between not only him and Clint Capella, but the rest of the roster. I mean, this guy had 13 assists and for much of that game he had zero turnovers and when I went back and watched one of those one of those um that one turnover that they attributed to him uh, it kind of raised a few questions for me in the sense that it was a lob that Capella couldn't quite finish so yes technically it's a bad pass but is it really a bad pass I'm not I'm not I'm not so sure so in my eyes, uh, after Friday night, that Trey, Trey Young stat line is 26 points, 13 assists, zero turnovers, just because of how well he played. And they didn't even need to put him back into the game in that fourth quarter because of how well everyone was able to kind of not only get scoring, especially when Trey was on the bench, but also played defensively well. So if they can continue to build off of what they did on Friday night, where they executed the, li the little things, they hustled, which is something that I've, I have found that 
They haven't done consistently well. Um, they were doing so at the beginning of the season, but it kind of dropped off a little bit. I mean, at one point, Clint Capella was third in the league in charges drawn. And, you know, in terms of deflecting the ball, screen assists, making sure that they're recovering those loose balls, we, we just didn't get to see that that often. So hopefully we'll get a chance to see that a little bit more consistently where they have the, that urgency, they have that energy, and they're just being the scrappiest team on the floor. And so if they're able to do that against the Pacers, who they're currently tied for sixth or seventh in, in the Eastern Conference, they're half a game behind the Knicks in terms of being in the top six. If they can execute all of those little things that turn into big things, then we know that they're the team that continue to that can continue to carry some rhythm into January when we know that teams tend to really understand the feel they have for each other and the and the feel they have for their game plans and, and execution and everything like that. So, you know, we've seen it before where the Boston Celtics were struggling all the way through those first three months of the season. And then in January, everything just clicked and they, they went all the way to the finals. Now, I'm not saying that the Hawks, you know, may necessarily get all the way to the finals. We'll see how, you know, the next few months shake out. But we can see a, a very solid postseason run if they play every single game like they played against the Pistons. Yeah, and I think when they see those things on tape, it's what motivates them. When they see what they're capable of doing, I feel like that can cause kind of an, an uptick in, in their play, their energy, their focus. And honestly, I think these three days of not having games is probably the perfect time for them to be able to get away, see their families for Christmas. Kind of, you know, it's been tough. There's been player meetings. There's been frustration. Maybe this was the perfect opportunity for them. They kind of get away from the court, have some time with the family, and now kind of start over for them. Start the season 0-0, 0-0, and start with this Pacers game tonight and feel like, okay, how can we get back to what we're capable of doing? And you mentioned it last week, what I completely agree with. When Trey Young gets everyone involved, that's the best Trey Young we could possibly see. And we saw that version against Detroit. You mentioned those 13 assists. So we know he can score. He can score 30, 35 a night. And he can certainly facilitate, but it's getting everyone involved that's the key for Trey Young and for the others um, to have success. And I think you saw that against Detroit. And we look at Indiana tonight. Um, I remember you asked Nate McMillan about Tyrese Halliburton. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch between those two. But this game sort of counts double if you think about it. If they if the Pacers are one of those teams that you're going to have to battle uh, for a seed, then this game counts double for tiebreaker situations and getting an Eastern Conference win. So. For some, when the regular season, they say it doesn't matter or, you know, we're game, game 40, this type of game matters. And especially with them being on a back-to-back, um, and then you're about to be on a back-to-back facing the Brooklyn Nets on Wednesday night. A perfect opportunity to, to show yourselves that, hey, that Friday was not a fluke. Friday was the start uh, of something new for this team. And, you know, they say new year, new me. Maybe that's what the Hawks are going to be like in 2023. Just finally going to peak at the right time. And hopefully that starts with the Pacers. Absolutely. So when they're when they're going up against the Pacers on on Tuesday night, you definitely want to make sure that everything is clicking for them on the defensive end. We know that they're a team that, pardon our pun, can push the pace. And um, you know, with Tyrese Halliburton, we saw him put up a 43-point night, 10 assists, had a couple of steals. I mean, this guy is playing some of his best 
basketball since he he came into the league a couple of years ago and um that's i feel like that's indicative of of the kind of team that rick carlisle is able to run and so i think this is going to be an opportunity as you said for the hawks to again show this isn't a fluke and um here's what you know nate mcmillan said is the game plan a little bit in terms of trying to slow tyrese halliburton down a little bit He's playing really good basketball, but Indiana's playing good basketball. They're playing fast, uh, probably faster than the majority of the teams in the league. Uh, They're running out the net. Uh, They're playing most of the time with three, four guards out there. Uh, You know, so tempo, pace is going to be important that we we don't turn the the basketball over and uh, we get back in transition and try to keep the team in front of us. Uh, But... The first and fast break points, first and uh, you know fat, uh, points off of uh, turnovers. You know, so we got to make sure we do a good job of taking care of the basketball. And so, I think too the key is that when Trey is is sitting, that this team also needs to make sure that they're scoring. So that's going to fall a lot on on Dejounte Murray and making sure that just like Trey, he's also finding those right opportunities. Now, for Murray, his assists are not quite where they were last season when he was with the Spurs. He's only averaging about 6.2 assists per game, down from 9.2 last season. But hey, he's still getting this team buckets. He's averaging 20.6 points per game, averaging about 1.8 steals per game. And I guess just to kind of reframe things a little bit he's still kind of getting himself back into basketball shape after missing a few games with that ankle sprain so when murray's game is on and if he can continue to find those right shots not just for himself but for everyone else especially now that you know he'll be running a lot of minutes with with bogdan bogdanovich as well as aj griffin running that you know second unit i think this will be a fun matchup for the hawks and and i think if AJ can kind of break out of his little shooting slump as well. I mean, we did see him knock down a career high four three pointers on Wednesday night against the Bulls. But if he can continue to fire on all cylinders, if if Bogey can heat up a little bit earlier than the fourth quarter, like he has in in these um, last two games, where you're kind of seeing him go zero for six, zero for seven through the first three quarters, and then he hits like three or four in the in the last quarter. If he can start kind of being that bogey that we saw when he first came back in, in I believe, his like third through third through like maybe seven games or so where he was hitting like five to seven three-pointers a night, then we know that this team is going to have a very balanced offense, which is something that they've struggled to have early in the season just because they haven't had those guys who can consistently knock down those shots. And I think when the when the front office constructed this roster – I, I, I believe that's that that that's what they were hoping for is that, you know, DeJounte would inject that defense into the starting five to, to kind of back up John Collins, De, uh, DeAndre Hunter and Clint Capella. And then in the second unit, he would kind of help one run the show, but also he would have some backup in Aaron Holiday. Justin Holiday would also provide some backup on the on the perimeter, but he'd also be that guy that was knocking down those shots. And we just haven't seen that. And so uh, we talked about this before. 
maybe it's time that, and I'm sure they've been considering this, they find another uh, three and D sort of guy to kind of inject into that second unit, just because we haven't had, we haven't seen that consistency in terms of knocking down shots prior to to Bogey's return. But maybe with Bogey back in that in that rotation, they don't even have to think about it anymore. Just or or as much, just because we know that. He is a bucket, especially in in clutch moments. There's something about the added pressure of the game is close and we need you to fire on all cylinders that we see Bogey kind of step up a little bit more. But we just we just need to see some some more consistency in terms of of offense from from that second unit, especially because that's typically when we've seen teams start to make those runs. I was I I looked it up a, a bit before in terms of um scoring in the second quarters and teams typically start to kind of climb up on on the hawks in those second quarters and then also again in those fourth quarters and and that's kind of when you see that shifting of the units when when the bench guys are starting to come in and then that offense starts to to turn down a little bit so if they can have that person like they've seen with bogey come off the bench and just kind of hit shots right away then then i think uh, this team really, really will have a much more successful performance in the postseason. Um, but right now, I think they're still figuring it figuring it out. That chemistry is still kind of um, still kind of in the initial stages, just because again, we haven't seen this roster fully healthy, and we're just starting to. So the fact that they performed the way that they did without necessarily fully being the unit that we know that they can be is in my opinion, promising. Yeah, and you said it. I feel like, and this is not just the Hawks, but I think a lot of teams in the NBA in general, they live and die by the three ball. And the numbers kind of show it for the Hawks when we do these post-game reports after the game. When they're not shooting well from three, we're most likely talking about a loss. And because they can't get into a rhythm early, the shots aren't falling. Um, it's not from a lack of volume of shots. It's just from a lack of, of hitting some shots. And, and at the beginning of the year, Naming Millen talked about how they were passing up too many shots. And so hopefully that changes a little bit, which I think it is. I think they are starting to shoot the three a little bit more. Um, but you're right. If you get Bogey going consistently, AJ going consistently, Trey Young capable of shooting from three, and, and so is DeJounte too and DeAndre. I mean, there are there are three-point shooters on this team, just whether they can get going consistently. And that's been kind of the word of the season for this team is consistency. And, you know, you see it in one game, you just hope that it doesn't, you take one step forward and two steps back against Indiana tonight. But you do want to see a co- full complement of not a, as much of a drop off when the second unit comes in as we saw, but that was only because of the injuries and the lack of a bench you had, because you had to start moving some of your bench guys into the starting lineup to be productive. So when Bogey was starting, you know, who was coming off the bench, you really had to rely on some young guys like AJ and, and Jalen to kind of, you know, and not saying that they're go- those guys aren't ready, but that's a lot of pressure to put on guys that have not played a lot in this league. So uh, I'm very optimistic with what we saw on Friday that hopefully can carry over and maybe a rejuvenation is what we may see from this team after what the results were on Friday that, hey, this is what we can do. And the fact that they're still at above 500, this, you know, this team's when and you, we talked about how competitive the East is. You know, a couple game winning streak shifts 
the momentum and it shifts the the standings a little bit in the Eastern Conference. You can go on a three-game winning streak and jump all the way to five or six. You lose three games and, and drop all the way down to nine or ten. So this this could be a, um, a big game for the Hawks tonight against the Pacers and then a back-to-back against Brooklyn. And, and just for context, you mentioned when we, we talked about them not shooting the ball. Well, for context, they're 6-11 and 11 when they shoot under 35%. And they're about, I'm counting it, but they're like 12-5 and, and five when they do shoot better than 35%. So I think that tells a huge story. And, and again, part of the reason why we've seen this kind of uptick in their shooting is that one, they've gotten Bogdan Bogdanovich back. Two, Trey Young is just shooting way better than than we've seen. I mean, in his last five games, he's knocked down 42% of his attempts from three. So if if Trey can continue on this path now that it seems like he's he's finding his rhythm, then again, things are things are looking up for this team. And again, we want to see them go on those three, four, five game winning streaks. All obviously we want it to be more than five game winning streaks, but this is the NBA. It's it's very hard to win in this league. And I think the Suns a couple years ago were what that longest win streak was what, like 10 games, 12 games, um, or something like that. And then they ended up losing. And and so, you know, if if they can kind of strike while the iron is hot, beat the Pacers tonight kind of have a really solid game against the Nets who are kind of on the rise, you know, I think they'll be in a really good spot. We've seen a lot more competitive basketball from them over those last five games, ever since they gave up 50 points to the Orlando Magic in that first quarter. We've seen a lot more competitive basketball. And uh, yeah, they just got to continue continue this uh, tempo, this pace, this rhythm, this uh, whatever mantra they've been using that's been working for them, for them to be three and two, continue to get healthy, and we'll continue to see some good things from them. But this is the Hawks report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I, I just wanted to take this time to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC as well as the AJC.com. It's honestly what makes all of this possible. Now, if you aren't a subscriber, you can do so at subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. And your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. So you always know what's really going on. All right. So we don't have a mailbag this week. So you're just going to continue hearing us uh, 
continue hear us, hearing us uh, chat about these last five or so games. Maybe we'll look ahead and not predict, not project, but fantasize maybe about this team's potential in their upcoming matchups. You know, they have three more games, including tonight's game against the Pacers before the calendar year of 2022 comes to a close. And then they're off to the West Coast. This is their first West Coast trip. They'll have a second one at the end of January, but they'll be facing the Kings, the Warriors, well, the Warriors before the Kings, then the the Lakers, and, and then the Clippers, and then they return back to State Farm. But Daniel, they'll face the Lakers at the end of this week, and that's LeBron's birthday, LeBron James's birthday. Well, sorry, LeBron's going to get a loss on his birthday. <laughs> I'm just, who knows? That's going to be a fun game. Um, it's always Agreed. fun when, when the Lakers come to town, no matter what situation. But it's also going to be an opportunity for the Hawks. This is the Lakers team that is, speaking of inconsistent, you know, now with Anthony Davis out, trying to find an identity of themselves, whether Russell Russell Westbrook comes off the bench, whether he starts. Saw Darvin Ham play him at the five a little bit, Westbrook, at times during the game against Dallas. He's just trying to figure out every single possible scenario to get this yeah. team going. And, you know, it shows without Anthony Davis that this team is having a hard time. The way this roster is constructed, it's so, you know, and it's tough when you have LeBron, Westbrook, and AD. You're limited as far as your salary cap, as far as what the the pieces around. But you have Dennis Schroeder, former Hawk. I mean, they've had to rely on Thomas Bryant a lot, too. Wenyan Gabriel. I mean, there's guys that you're like, what? But they've been guys that have had to be key pieces for the Lakers. So, you know, it's right before New Year's. You're going to have uh, everyone off of school, off of work. I think that's going to be a fun atmosphere inside State Farm. I'm jealous that you're going to be there and I'm not going to be able to be there, but I'll be able to, to watch it on TV. But that's the, the huge part of this homestand, or at least this week. You know, I talked about it last week. The goal, you know, putting winning streaks together is important, but winning the week. And so to, you know, have a few days off after that game against the Lakers. If you go two and one this week, um, no matter how you slice it, it's considered a successful week. So and then you go on the West Coast, too. So taking care of home court is certainly going to be important. I know it's tougher for Eastern Conference teams. I feel like when they go out West because they don't get to go often. So by the time you get acclimated to being on the West Coast, it's time to go home. But luckily, when you get the Clippers and the Lakers in the same time, you do get to stay in the same place for a few days, which will be nice for you to be in L.A. And, um, you know, and right now, those te- those games don't look like gauntlets the way they used to be when you had to face the Clippers and Lakers, you know, with how good those teams have been. And you add the Kings. The Warriors are really good at home. The Kings are playing a lot better. It's going to be a great test for the Hawks to see where they're at by that point um, after the calendar hits 2023. So a lot of good games for the Hawks, um, a lot of good tests for them as far as where they're at. But I'm, I'm excited to see kind of some different opponents that we haven't seen yet. The Lakers, I know we've seen the Nets um, once before, but Clippers, Kings, they are they broke the King streak when they came here a little bit ago. So it should be a fun couple of weeks for the Hawks and hopefully for Hawks fans. Yeah, and Daniel, we just got the Hawks injury report. So every night before each game, unless it's on the night... Um, if, unless it's before the a back-to-back or anything like that, teams will send out their injury reports around 5 p.m. So we just got the Hawks's, and uh, Clint Capella is out uh, against the Pacers tonight. And um, they also won't have Jarrett Culver. Uh, I know he's a two-way guy, but again, with, with Clint gone, you know, he would have given the Hawks some solid 
depth in the front court. And DeAndre Hunter with a left ankle sprain is questionable, as well as Vic Krejci with a with a left ankle sprain as well. So we understand that, you know, like you obviously don't want to see anyone on the injury report, regardless of where they are in the bench, just because they add plenty of depth, again, regardless of where they are in the bench. But, you know, seeing DeAndre Hunter listed as questionable, it's a little disheartening. Uh, and same with same with Clint Capella. So all of that that we talked about at the beginning of the show, it's it's not irrelevant, but now the Hawks' tasks of trying to win the week gets a little tougher. So not to derail what you just said there, but no, but it's, it's not, also it's not they're day to day, right? Doable. Yeah. yeah. They're not long term um, injuries as well. So they no. could be healthy by the end of the week as well. And for all we know, um, the Hawks decided to just rule out Clint for tomorrow's game just because it's the first night of a back-to-back. Usually when guys are nursing injuries anyway, they won't play both games of a back-to-back. We saw that when the Hawks took on uh, the Grizzlies the day after uh, the Bulls. Uh, we saw that they ended up ruling essentially every starter out, yep. ex- every starter except DeAndre Hunter out of the lineup. So that could very well be the reason. And Clint Capella comes back when they face the Nets, and 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 who knows? Um, you know, it's not doable. We've seen great things from Onyeka Okongwu uh, in that starting role, and we know that he and and Trey Young are are building some solid chemistry. And, and Trey actually touched on that in practice. And so here's what Trey said about playing with Onyeka. Yeah, I mean, he's been playing really well this year. I mean, uh, it's a different mentality whenever you're coming off the bench and when you're in the starting lineup. Um, I think it should be the same, but I know it's just as a feel, um, it's just a different feeling. And uh, with O, the way he stepped in uh, while Clint was out was really good for us. Um, I think the first couple of games he was kind of getting adjusted, but he still – playing the same way he's been playing all year, getting rebounds. His little touch shots around the baskets are good for us. and um, He's just been playing really well for us all year. We're going to need it from him the rest of the way. The Hawks have three. Potentially, they'll have four of their five starters. So they're they're still in a, in a good position, and, and they'll still be able to mix things up in the rotation. They'll still be getting uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and A.J. Griffin off the bench. So, again, it's not an impossible task. It's doable. It's just a little bit harder. And the Hawks are going to have to make sure that they continue to execute those little things that, uh, you know, lead to winning basketball, especially against, again, the Pacers, the Nets, and, you know, maybe they'll have Clint Capella back by the end of the week against the Lakers. But yeah, a very, a very fun uh, exhausting <laughs> couple of weeks coming up for the Hawks, um, especially with that West Coast trip and it kicking off January. And Nate McMillan has talked a lot or has spoken about the importance of, you know, having a good rhythm heading into January. So here's what Nate talked about as far as them being where they are. One game above uh, 500 as of Monday night. And, you know, what they potentially hope they'll be able to get out of these next couple of weeks. This is where we are. And, um, you know, it's been a it's been a tough two and a half months. Uh, But, you know, we're still in the race 
and uh, we got a lot of race left, you know. So, you know, praying that uh, we can get healthy and uh, we can build that rhythm uh, and start to play some good basketball here. The end of this month is certainly going into January because I think it's important uh, that, you know, January is the time that I see teams with their rhythm. You're really starting to look at the standings and uh, the race and, uh, you know, for all the teams that have been put together with new players, uh, you should have a, a better rhythm and a better feel for each other. Yeah, so we talked a lot today about where this roster is as far as health. You know, unfortunately, with the news coming in of Clint Capella being out for tomorrow's or for tonight's game against uh, the Pacers, DeAndre Hunter being questionable for tonight's game against the Pacers. It's it's not what you're looking to see from a team that really, really wants to benefit from having a healthy roster. But I think with the types of injuries that they have, you know, it's better to be more cautious, especially at this stage of the season and kind of put a little bit more pressure on an, an urgency within the, the guys that are remaining in, in the rotation. And so I think, you know, again, the fact that this team is where it is, one game above 500, despite having so many injuries so early on, means that when everybody is 100% healthy, that, you know, they, they can execute things in a way that is expected of them. And we know that they're capable of. So with that, I'm Lauren Williams, joined by Daniel Salerson, and this is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.